are they trying to do a, a Pats thing? But the Pats thing from five years ago is over. Like the Pats, even the Pats aren't the Pats from five <laughs> years ago. Like it's just. This week, it's my week. It's the AFC West. Let's go, Chiefs. So, hey, we got Connor here. We got Roman. Hello. And we've got Sean. Hello. <laughs> there he is. Uh, how are we getting on, lads? Any crack? Uh, not much, not much. Uh, I guess I just had my sister's wedding, which was the second best Butler family wedding of 2023. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even a real wedding. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's true. It's like... There wasn't yeah. even a fake priest or anything. It was to, be, to, to be fair, does that make it the third butler wedding? It's true. It's true. I did. I did have two. So yeah, you had two, and she had zero. That seems very unfair. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Uh, yes, I, I predict. I predict slash have uh, seen it be not as good as my wedding. Mm. And, uh, and now the packing is underway for the trip. What about yourself, Fitz? Uh, like last time, work, work, work. That's pretty much it. So getting mm. through the summer. Very exciting, very exciting. Yeah, nothing too big or major on my side, so I suppose we'll kick straight into the AFC South. Um, we'll start with the Chargers. Yeah, let's kick off the Chargers. So I'll talk about these guys. In fact, I believe you've dominated when you talk about these guys because I have a slightly different take on where they are at versus the pair of yourselves. So we'll start with ins and outs. They have added offensive coordinator Kellen Moore, stealing him away from the Dallas Cowboys and also defensive coordinator Derek Ansley. They've added Quentin Johnson, Darius Davis and Jordan McFadden, as well as linebacker Eric Hendricks, Damian Henley, uh, Tui Tuolapotu, uh, Scott Matlock and Nick Williams. They lost Joe Lombardi and Ronaldo Hill from their coaching staff. It was a lot. Matt Feller, Storm Norton, Richard Rogers, and DeAndre Carter. And then from the defensive side, Drew Tranquil, Troy Reader, Kyle Van Noy, Christian Covington, Bryce Callahan, Nasir Adderley, and Casey Hayward in the defensive backfield. So this is a team that is traditionally hyped to the gills around this time of the year as being the darling of the offseason. And interestingly enough, that hasn't happened quite so much this year. Uh, They do have a top-end quarterback in place. They have brought in Kellen Moore, who's seen as a big improvement on the offensive side to try and scheme something that would actually suit him, um, which is interesting. But they are also coming off the back of a very serious playoff collapse in the 2022 season, losing to the Jags from, was it 24? points they were up at uh, 27 I think wasn't it 27 Jesus Uh, and the last time I can think of a team getting to the playoffs and then losing that way they collapsed their superstar quarterback got caught up in a scandal and now plays for a different team and they've never really recovered but we talked about the Texans last year hopefully the Chargers won't follow the same path they've brought in Kellen Moore who I've always been intrigued by because everything that's said about him from 
management has always been incredibly positive and he's, he's done excellent things with offenses. Uh, although, again, the Dallas Cowboys never really got over the hump in the period that he was there with them. Although, whether you want to put that on the head coach rather than the offensive coordinator, I don't know. One of the restrictions Herbert had had in past seasons was the fact that Joe Lombardi didn't really seem to have a, a, a system that worked for his type of play and the idea is that Kellen Moore will be able to target it more towards him. And this... <sighs> It's a roster that intrigues me because I think Herbert is a very high-level quarterback and I think Eckler is a very good running back. Uh, I think my, I think there'll be some animosity with Eckler given that he didn't get paid in this offseason and I think he'll still need to prove himself though so I don't think he'll have a massive drop-off. They have good name recognition at wide receiver but it's an aging receiving core and it doesn't have the world's greatest amount of depth in it so Keenan Allen is their number one Mike Williams their number two and then we've got kind of a mix of Palmer the rookie Johnson Horvath Joshua Kelly the running back as their kind of third wide receiver this is a receiving core that's both older than it was has had terrible injury concerns over the years I don't I can't think of the last season where Keenan Allen and Mike Williams both made it through a season for them it doesn't have a ton of depth in behind them at the tight end they've got Everett and Parham which are a fine pairing I suppose on that and their offensive line is grand if nothing spectacular so I think the big changes on offense are going to have to be coming from the scheme from Kellen Moore and hopefully we'll see that I think he is going to get a lot of excuse me, control over that given Brandon Staley is no more as a defensive head coach. And that's an area that might cause some concern this year. They've got Derwin James as an excellent safety to look after the back of the field. Asante Samuel Jr. is there now. But overall, it's not exactly the terrifying defense that they were kind of, you know, at least on paper meant to have the last couple of seasons. Joey Bosa has been underperforming of late, um, possibly due to injury and whatnot. You've got Khalil Mack, who they traded for, who hasn't really delivered the value that you would have hoped for with the trade that went into him. And the other pieces in there, like their, their, their linebacker core, don't blow you away. I'm, I'm just a little unsure about if they're going to be able to do a huge amount on that side of the ball. So then it comes down to the arms race mentality that we've had in the AFC West for a while now of can this offense finally get over the hump? And I do think they'll be slightly improved, but I also don't think they've brought in enough young blood to try and help them. Quentin Johnson, the rookie and Darius Davis are there, but you know, they'll have to learn into the system and all that kind of stuff. I, I, I think this feels a little bit like they've got the young quarterback there who I believe is also, he's due his contract this year and there's talk about a hold-in or issues with that, but he's talking the good talk about making sure he's going to be there for everything. It feels like they've got a setup for a team that's window was three years ago and they don't want to let go of that. Uh, and I get it, you've got a good quarterback and you don't want to kind of blow everything up around them, but it just feels like attrition is getting them every year. Their defense isn't as talented or as skilled as it was beforehand. Their wide receivers aren't as young as they were and have ongoing injury issues. Like, it just feels like they needed a bit more refreshing around it. Like, even like the defensive side of the ball. Oh, like... Let's trade to bring in, you know, uh, to, 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 to bring in Khalil Mack, who's now kind of at the, like on the downward slope, we'll say at least of his career at this point. Like, I don't 
really understand it. Like I could see it maybe as this is just a, you've got one year as head coach to try and turn this around and we're just going to make Kellen Moore the head coach and he's going to pick out a load of new toys to play with and we'll just go from there. But I don't see the changes that have happened on this team that are turning it around significantly from where they were last year. I just, and I, it could be the blinkers. It could be the fact that I've been sick of for five years that they win the off season or whatever, but I just think they're going to struggle a bit and I just don't think they've brought enough in. I think they're actually going to roll backwards a little bit, but go on, tell me why I'm wrong because I know you disagree with me. <laughs> we don't disagree that strongly because we both have them missing the playoffs, but I think the reason I think people are low on them this year is that last year I think they finally lost the spark and there's kind of two main aspects of that. One is the Joe Lombardi offense was very tough to watch, not only because it's Lake offense kind of pretending you have like you know mid 30s through breeze just like you know slant routes and very short and intermediate type stuff and like giving it to Austin Eckler a thousand times in the past game you know it just felt like a waste because you have Justin Herbert who in his rookie year when just given an explosive offense and just allowed to to go out there and do things um was one of the most fun quarterbacks in the league and it just felt like the last two years with Joe Lombardi it's like why did you do this? Why did you take him away? Like, you know, we should be having epic duels between Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes in this division, and we're not. Like, you know, the games happen to be good anyway, but just the exciting aspects. And I know there's been some changes in defensive philosophy to take away explosive plays, but it just felt really constrained. And the other thing is that, you know, Brandon Staley, the, the light's gone out of his eyes. This guy came in as head coach, like the, the big swinging dick guy, like best defense in the league in one year uh, with the Rams, and was going fourth down all the time and trying crazy shit all the time. But last year, he just went into a shell. He just became like another coach. And his defense still failed to become the type of unit that we expected from a guy who was so highly touted and who has, you know, solid talents along that defense. Uh, you know, Derwin James is in there if he's healthy. Joey Bose is in there when he's healthy. Uh, like, that's a separate issue. They traded for Khalil Mack last year. And, it, you know, the defense has never lived up to the reputation that Staley was brought in to do. And he also lost that kind of sense of, like, trust the analytics, just do what is right. And he just turned into a boring guy who just looks like... He, he looks scared right now. And I think, like, you know, if, you, if you're hopeful about that, then you're hoping that... Kellen Moore can come in and provide that spark on the offense and get Justin Herbert back to what Justin Herbert is good. Because like Kellen Moore, I know he has his critics, but Dallas had no problem scoring points. They scored lots of points. And that's the main thing that you want your offensive coordinator to be able to do. And he had no problem getting explosive plays and throwing it downfield to guys like CeeDee Lamb. So, yes, even though Mike Williams and, and, and Keenan Allen may not necessarily be healthy the entire season, they added some, you know, Quinton Johnson in reinforcements. You know, Josh Palmer had a solid season last year. Year. So I think at least they have the elements to do stuff. And with Austin Eckler in there, you obviously have a guy who's a dual threat running back that can do a lot of stuff. And obviously he's in a contract year and wants more money. So we'll certainly be incentivized to go whole, whole, whole hog uh, this year. So, you know, there are reasons to be optimistic about that. But it's just like, if the Kellen Moore thing had happened when they, you know, instead of um, the Joe Lombardi thing had happening, then I think we'd be really excited about the team and the hype that we had two years ago would be even more justified. But just everything's kind of gone wrong. And yes, I think you're right. Like Brandon Staley, if they have another mediocre year, if they don't make the playoffs, which we all have predicted missing, um, then the whole thing will fall apart. Because, you know, last year was an improvement. They made the playoffs and they 
outside of a huge collapse would have been in the divisional round and people would be okay maybe the chargers will finally get there but you know just when you see that type of collapse last year you go same old chargers you see staley and you see a guy who just seems to be wilting before your eyes and just like he just can't get outside the chargers course and you just go this season okay look there's definitely the upside here that you could get back to them but we're going to need to see it this time. We're not willing to get invested on, on the on the train until we see it in action. And obviously with the Chiefs in this division, there's no easy wins and there's no certainly, you know, difficult... You're probably going to be well, a wildcard team. There are the Broncos. Yeah, like, you know, you're probably going to be a wildcard team because the Chiefs are in the division. So it's a tough road to get our fade back in you. But, like, look, they have the talent to be good. It's just, you know, Chargers going to charge and Staley, I don't know, he looks busted, like the honest. Yeah, it's. I mean, this is this is the the put up or shut up year, definitely. Uh, particularly for Brandon Staley, who I mean, you could be generous and say the jury's still out in him, but uh, perhaps that jury is starting to come back with its verdict. Uh, obviously, the Callan Moore thing is is the big thing. Is the Chargers are like, okay, we if we can fix this offensive thing, if we can get Justin Herbert playing like everyone seems to expect he can, then everything will be fine. And Callan Moore, I mean. Highly rated. I mean, there you know the talk of him becoming the Cowboys head coach there for a long time has been like the he was waiting in the wings and finally I guess got bored. I I do think it's a, it's a huge upgrade from Lombardi, that you know the nepo baby uh, of offensive coordinators. But it's the problem necessarily maybe isn't on that side of the Chargers ball or maybe isn't even in terms of the personnel itself. There it's this mentality. It's this Chargers got to charge sense that the sense that you can never really trust this team no matter how good it gets that. They will always look really good in week two when when they you know they, they put up forty points against someone or when they run the Chiefs really close in a Thursday night game, or something like that. But this season is not won and lost in, in week two. It's won and lost in week seventeen, week eighteen in, in the playoffs, and we've yet to see the the Herbert era Chargers ever really perform to the level they should in those crunch well, games. Well, Sean, I will I will say because I didn't mention it during the things that like. Maybe one of the problems that we have with their head coach is that he decided he wanted to perform in week 17, week 18, and proceeded to get his own players injured going into the playoffs playing a meaningless game. Like, I massively doubt this guy's head coaching credentials at this point because I think he actively basically fought against them winning that playoff game by playing starters deep into a meaningless game. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, Mike Williams, I think the Mike Williams injury in particular, I think, yeah, yeah. a lot. For that, I mean, it's I mean, it's also the very bizarre constantly going for fourth down in situations that are marginal and never taking the hint that maybe you should play a bit more conservative in certain spots. Like, there's this, yeah, this team seems to expect we have Herbert, we have Justin Herbert, we have got the superstar guy. We should just be able to just bulldoze our way through games, and we've got you know a pretty decent you know attacking skill core. Um, but yeah, it it'll come. It just when it comes down to the big moments, this team does not seem to be able to win the big games when it matters. They always seem to come up just a little bit short in every scenario. Or, as is the case with the chart, the the Jags playoff game, they they shit the bed when they seem to be in a comfortable position, um, to win. So I mean, I I think Kellen Moore is an upgrade, and I think this team will look more dynamic, and certainly they'll be they may be blowing out teams more than they were last year uh, but i still think they're going to have those week four week five games when they just inexplicably lose by 28 points to a to a 6 and 11 team they're going to have these you know situations in the crunch 
time when they make the bad decisions um they're going to have a playoff if they make the playoffs they probably won't go much further than the wild card i think um and it's a very tough afc this is an unfor this is the thing about the afc it is an unforgiving conference if you are not elite on both sides of the ball eventually you're going to get found out and squashed and if you're not elite in the coaching area, you are eventually going to get find out and get squashed. And for the Chargers, they just don't seem to bleed themselves in themselves as an organization, as a team. Certainly, the coach, the head coach, does not seem to know what he's doing uh, at the best of times. And is Kellen Moore the the, the plaster that will hold that thing together, um, or is he just going to become another part of this Chargers experience? Um, I'm leaning that it's going to look good for a while, but ultimately will fall short because that's what the Chargers do. So you've got them winning how many games? I have them 10 and 7, which is actually usually good enough for a playoff spot, but because of the, AFC, the way the AFC works out, it's only good for the 8th seed and therefore they'll miss the playoffs. But I could see them sneaking into the wild cards, but I can't see them going much further than that. Yeah, I also have them 10 and 7, which also misses on the playoffs because of the AFC. And I think for me, the big thing I would just like to see them is be fun again, basically. Like, I think we want went from we want to believe because it's like oh it's the Chargers and like look they'll fuck up eventually but at least it'll be fun. The last year, last year in particular, just like even though they weren't bad, it just felt like the fun Chargers were gone. So either be good or be fun, but don't do what you did last year and kind of be half and half. Yeah, I'm gonna go in six and ten. I think it's not gonna go great, and I think we're gonna see Kellen Moore being promoted to being the head coach, and hopefully they'll look a little bit more fun at that then point. Win six games down the stretch or something. Like that. Yeah, well, I'd like to, I'd, I'd, I'm not sure if they'll get rid of him mid-season because the Chargers aren't exactly that type of franchise. They feel to be a bit yeah. more of the, like, you know, boring respectability and also terrified about losing additional money given they're currently renting their stadium and stuff. But yeah, um, yeah, so not, 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 not a great season for them. But like I said, I'm, I'm with you. I can see the upside if everything breaks right. It's just I've now been just Pavlovian conditioned to expect it to not go well for the Chargers. Um, we'll move on to the Broncos, Sean. Um, a big addition to them this offseason is obviously Sean Payton, which we talked a good bit on the offseason about. Those have brought in Joe Lombardi on offensive coordinator, Vance Joseph, defensive coordinator, Mike McGlinchey, Ben Powers, Alex Forsyth, Kyle Fuller, uh, Sam J. P. Ryan, Tony Jones, Marvin Mims, Marquez Calloway, Chris Manhurts, Adam Troutman, Michael Burton and Jared Stidham on the defensive side, Zach Allen, uh, DJ Jones, Frank Clark, Drew Saunders, Traymond Smith, uh, Riley Moss and LJ Skinner. They lost Draymond Jones to Sean Williams, Jacob Martin, Donald Darby, Lamar Jackson and Dakota Allen from the defensive side. The offensive line has had a lot of turnover. Graham Glasgow, Calvin Anderson, Cam Fleming, Billy Turner, Dalton Reisner and Tom Compton all gone. And they also lost uh, Latavius Murray, Mike Boone, Marlon Mack, Chase Edmonds, Andrew Beck, Andrew So and Eric Tomlinson from the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, last year was a disaster. They sold the farm to get themselves Russell Wilson, and unfortunately, he was not Mr. Unlimited. He was Mr. Very, very limited uh, in that system, although there could be an argument to be made that the, uh, that the coaching staff were not really the ones that would be able to maximize him, that they were actually looking for a different quarterback who they didn't get. So we've brought in Sean Payton. He have a track record of making well good offensive calls good development on defenses and at certain times due to injury or due to quarterback issues making something out of nothing so do you think he's the man who's going to be able to fix russell wilson and if not do you think he's got an agreement in place that he's the one who's going to win that power struggle i i mean the, the sean payton thing is is central to how the broncos do obviously i think it is Perhaps of all the, the off-season movements uh, on both players and coaches, this one is the one 
that's most interesting to me because, I, and we certainly seem to be, it's the one that maybe we on the pod disagree about most of what's going to happen. I mean, I have them winning five games more than you have, Connor, and that, that's kind of the big, maybe the biggest swing that we have of any team. I mean, Sean Payton, obviously, when he was the Saints, he, you know, highly respected, did some really interesting things, um, did some questionable things also in terms of bounties and the such like, but generally considered as a coach to be quite good. Um, I think... He's, he's, I think he's what this team needs in terms of the getting away from the Nathaniel Hackett uh, quote-unquote experiment uh, into something more solid and reliable. I think Russell Wilson would be more comfortable having someone that he can trust at head coach, someone he can maybe have a conversation with as an, as an adult, talented NFL person uh, and can actually get things done. I'm not hugely sold, on, on obviously, on Joe Lombardi coming in as, as the offensive coordinator, but I do wonder how important he's going to be. I do wonder if... if 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 Russell Wilson, if he starts to perform uh, out the gate, will have the will have the power there, and Peyton will allow him to do what he wants. Because I do think, I, I think we maybe jumped the gun a little bit and just you know saying that w- Russell Wilson is is over just because he had one bad season in a really crappy situation. Now he had a season that was much worse than anyone could have imagined that he would have. But I still think there's a talented quarterback there. Ta- quarterbacks don't just fall off like that unless they're really old, as in, in, the, in the Peyton Manning situation. Generally, someone like Will, Russell Wilson can find his mojo again and can come back, especially if there's a plan around him. I also think that there's really interesting moves being made the, the, in, the, in the offensive line. Uh, the big problem they had, I think, and one of the reasons that Wilson could never get comfortable is the offensive line was terrible for the Broncos last year. I think they gave up 55 sacks, which is... In 17 games, it's actually obscene. Um, and now they they brought in Mike McGlinchey, respected if not necessarily super superstar players like Ben Powers uh, uh, as well. So I, I think they've if they can improve that offensive line and they can protect Russell Wilson, give him some more time, you'll start making better decisions. If the plays make more sense to him and they have a better idea of what the actual game plan is, what I think which I think Peyton will bring to him, I think they will perform better therein. I think Sanjay Pirine is a very nice pickup as an addition um, to, to you know complement Javante Williams in, in the running game. So I, I think the offense will click. I think a big part of the problem the Broncos had last year was that the offense just at no level, on no at no level of conception or execution was actually working. I see this. There's a plan in place. Uh, and I, I can see it, it working a lot better. And if that happens, the Broncos suddenly go from being a terrible team to being quite a good team because their defense, albeit not the most talented roster in the world, did quite well last year. That they 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 you know they stifled the number of teams. They the Broncos lost a lot of games like eleven ten or nine eight or these kind of really crazy situations where all they needed was just for the offense to turn up for one drive, which they couldn't do. And I think if their offense does click and get them up to say 20 25 points a game which i think they they are capable of then the defense becomes this really interesting asset that can get them you know victories in close games and they have they have a really solid i mean the secondary simmons and sertan in particular have a lot of time for them so i i, I think the broncos can they can punch well defensively and if they if the peyton ross thing can click they can do quite well offensively and then they you know i think they're a good team they're in a very tough division obviously the Chargers and the Chiefs and the Raiders, um, but um, I think they can they they can definitely improve uh, on last year. Uh, uh, it's hard to see them doing as bad as last year. I guess the point that uh, uh, I would say, and certainly with additions like P Ryan, that they've given themselves more options uh, uh, on the offensive side. 
if the defense can play as well as it did at its best last year, then they're going to be a tough team to beat, which is why I can see them being on the outside of the playoffs looking in. I think it's going to be tough to get into the playoffs because the Chiefs and the Chargers are going to, they're probably not going to get enough wins to sneak into the wild card. But I certainly think that's where they'll be. I think they'll be around the 500 mark looking in at the playoffs. But I think I'm, I'm wildly alone in that from the sense I get from you guys. Uh, I, to be honest, it's just more... I, I'm much further down on the quarterback position for them. I don't know if he's going to be able to get Russell Wilson back to even approaching what he was beforehand. I don't like the succession planning that they've got in place where they paid a decent chunk of money to Jared Stidham to be the backup and presumably on an agreement that if it doesn't go well for the first five or six games, he can swap him. Uh, I, I just I can't see Jared Stidham being yeah the starting quarterback. To be but honest. but this is the thing is that, like I I I wouldn't like to see it, but I think it's going to happen at some point unless Russell Wilson really does a big change around. I well we'll see. I I like some of the additions. I think it's heartbreaking that Frank Clark's never going to break the uh, postseason sack record because he's moved to the Broncos. But uh, like that's that's just a personal one. I think it's interesting that they've done so much turnover on the offensive line, not only just because of the number of sacks from last year, but also because of there was a lot lot of talk that Russell Wilson had built quite a bad atmosphere in there and there was you know there was many 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 of the uh, of, of, of the uh, announcers highlighting that like you know they weren't picking him up off the ground after he got sacked and stuff and he'd pissed everyone off and I'm sure we've all seen the stories about like you know him having his own team inside in his own office and all that's gone so hopefully hopefully it could turn around but my problem is just I could see this being a team that struggles to get it going and takes a year or two to turn over parts of the roster that are a bit old they've they you're right though they've they've good skill position players and spots they've got a wealth of wide receivers there if they can get it going sean payton's a great mind so i could see it happening i hate the joe lombardi pickup as well i love the vance joseph pickup uh although it's interesting to go back there to dc like there's just there's so much in flux for a team that just seemed very down last year that I could see it just spiraling a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I like yeah. I've, I I'm I'm far more negative uh, on it. But you know, hey, I'm I, I probably am going to be. <laughs> I, I just I they were a tough watch last year. A very tough watch. Yeah, I like Sean is is accurate in a lot of things. I think I'm a bit lower than Sean primarily because I'm. You know, if if Sean Payton is invested in Russell Wilson, then I do think like nine, possibly even marginal playoff chances in there. But I'm not sure that's true. It just kind of feels like there's another chapter of dysfunction buried in the heart of this team because of the way Russell Wilson is. Because the Russell Wilson offense has to be built around the way that Russell Wilson wants to play the game. And like he literally tried to do that last year where he's pulling out like Seahawks calls. Um during games and trying to introduce the Seahawks concepts and you know maybe there's a world where Sean Payton you know puts the discipline on him maybe he's been humbled but I don't get the sense that Russell Wilson is a guy who you know will be humbled will be for like can can fit into like the Joe Lombardi Sean Payton later Drew Brees type offense but like Sean Payton has put together explosive downfield offenses a type of offense that you would imagine Russell Wilson can succeed in uh, despite the kind of changes in NFL defenses that that's kind of mostly about taking those type of plays away um but it just kind of feels like, I, I, I don't know, I don't get the sense Sean Payton is all in. And I think, you know, I'd almost be a little bit higher in this team if they had Jared Stidham as the starting quarterback. Because at least I believe that Jared Stidham and Sean Payton would be on the same uh, on, on the same page. And they'd be working towards the same goal. But 
I don't know with the Russell Wilson Sean Payton situation. I'm not sure that's quite true. Now maybe if they if they could get together and have that synergy, then this could go quite well. But I don't quite feel it. And the defense is definitely taking you know over time that 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 defense has worn itself down. They still have a couple of like elite players like Patrick Sertain's been a good young pickup. Justin Simmons is still there at safety, but. You're hoping that Zach Allen and DJ Jones can come in and make an immediate impact. You're hoping someone, maybe someone like Baron Browning, can be a factor. Randy Gregory can get be kind of be worth the money you paid him. There's just a lot of questions on the defense. And Vance Joseph's a good DC, but we'll see what he can do. And like Riley Moss, who's favored to be the CB2, is white, so that's just a major negative. Like you know, a white cornerback. Come on. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, for me, the main reason I'm negative and maybe more negative than my expectation is, I'd probably give them another couple of wins. To be honest, if I if I was being fully accurate, it's just that. Russell Wilson drew like that Russell Wilson Sean Payton thing there's some just something rotten in the heart of Denmark you know what I mean yeah I've got him winning four games four and 13 uh yeah which is probably overly harsh but it's just more yeah yeah six wins for me I think once again I wouldn't be surprised to win more but just uh, as I said in the last podcast the vibes are wrong yeah yeah I'm putting it all out there nine wins uh still missed the playoffs because the AFC but yeah solid yeah. team I think Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, okay, next up, Ronan, we'll go to the Raiders. They've added Jimmy Garoppolo, Brian Hoyer, and Aiden O'Connell. Uh, Jacoby Myers, Trey Trucker, DeAndre Carter, Keelan Cole, Cam Sims, Michael Mayer, Austin Hooper, OJ Howard, and on the defensive side, Tyree Wilson, Byron Young, Robert Spillane, uh, Jack, Shaq Griffin, Marcus Epps, Brandon Fassian, uh, Jacorian Bennett, and David Long. They've lost Derek Carr, Jared Stinneman, Darren Waller, Foster Moreau, Mac Hollins. Uh, defensive side, Denzel Perryman, Jalen Brown, Corey Littleton, Rocky Sin, Duran Harmon, Sidney Jones, Anthony Averett, uh, Cleland Farrell, Andrew Billings, Kyle Pecco, Isaac Rochel, and uh, Jordan Jenkins. So, we've got ourselves another Patriots. Uh, Jimmy G is in here, McDaniels is there, they've brought in Jacoby Myers, uh, Obviously, they've got you know some quality at the wide receiver position, all that kind of stuff. But are we expecting Jimmy G returning to a kind of Patriots stable of offense style thing with a Patriots receiver in there that this offense is going to take off? Do we think Jimmy G is a big upgrade over Derek Carr, or do we think that's a push? I don't know, to be honest. Like this team, it's weird. Like they obviously, you know. Uh... McDaniel's now in there a while and he's doing his own thing but the kind of coherence of the whole project is just off right like the whole big move they made last year is Devontae Adams who wanted to play with Derek Carr Devontae Adams is still around you bring in Jimmy G and you kind of go with their mutual skill sets and you go this doesn't really make any sense like Jimmy G is a guy who maximizes like yards after the catch receivers you know people like Debo Samuel gets at the guys over the middle Devontae Adams is like a you know guy who plays best on the outside. He's boundary a guy boy. who wins, yeah, wins on the boundary, uh, can win deep as we saw with Derek Carr last year, like you know, genuinely deep. He's a guy over the shoulder with Aaron Rodgers. And you kind of go, that doesn't really feel like Jimmy G's game. Like Jimmy G sees a good offense and he gets it to the guys, and he'd done that in San Francisco and he did that in New England. But always like the stars of the game were either explosive yak guys like Debo or in New England, you know, your Wes Welker type like you know slot guys. And like Jacoby Myers makes sense to put with that, but like Devontae Adams doesn't do. And then you got Josh Jacobs, who obviously played really well last year, but is very unhappy about having to play on the tag. So I don't know how much practice he's going to put in the in the in the start of the year. And 
it's all and the offensive line is still a big question mark like it, it overperformed i think a little bit my expectations last year but it's still very underwhelming so yeah it just kind of feels like they're they're kind of just finding the bits individually that kind of make sense like jimmy g back with josh mcdaniels makes sense independently but it doesn't make sense of what you did last year and it all kind of just is coming together in kind of a mush incoherent mush it feels like on the offensive side like there's yeah. enough talent there that they can still put up points but on a consistent basis and that was the crazy thing about them last year they were just so wildly inconsistent like especially Devontae adams who would have like 150 yards and then like 10 yards the next game it just kind of felt it was just kind of wild not in a particularly interesting way but just kind of like mm-hmm. like this feels like josh mcdaniels is putting together another team that doesn't make any sense it's kind of bad but just without the kind of fun asshole stories well, yeah. he had when he was uh the coach last time like even though uh, you're yeah. saying like like jimmy g coming in why would you get rid of darren waller like obviously they brought in the rookie mayor but like you know yeah. if you're gonna run that type of you know yak mid distance kind of thing why not bring your two tight end sets in why get rid of a pass catching big bodied guy like it's 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 a little bit like disjointed he- to me it sounds like, you know, he wanted boring tight ends, guys who can do everything, like can block and catch. But, like, good coaches use the bits they have and can build offenses to maximize their talents. But it kind of feels like McDonald's like, nah, I don't want to do that. Like, I'm just going to pretend Jimmy G is Tom Brady and going to have this kind of ticky-tacky uh, type offense. And, like, it's kind of weird because, like, we saw Tom Brady, you know, obviously hugely successful in New England and it was a hugely successful template but he did leave went to Tampa Bay and then suddenly oh yeah this guy can actually throw it deep and can be in a fun offense um so it kind of feels like McDaniels like he makes boredom a virtue like per, per, you know a predictability a virtue to an extreme level that kind of feels out of whack with the modern NFL like I know with, with the way that, like you know if you're trying to stop explosive plays maybe it makes sense to run the ball hard and you know rely on the short game and like west coast concepts but it just kind of feels like it's no fun and like when you're in the same division is Patrick Mahomes if you're no fun then we're all gonna hate you to some extent to be perfectly frank and on the defense it's no better it's also equal here like Max Crosby's great but everything else in the defense is kind of like meh to I have no idea like you know their second defensive tackle is going to be Jerry Tillery like a noted bust from the first round or Byron Young a guy like a rookie expected to step up immediately you know the, the defensive backs you know Duke Shelley is their CB1 like he's not really a guy like he might be a good like CB2 or CB3 but like you know they're like they're basically relying on a bunch of just guys similar to their offensive line and there's very few guys you go oh that's a guy who's guaranteed to do something like I think thankfully they they brought in Tyre Wilson in the first round to improve their pass rush outside Max Crosby after Chandler Jones was a bit of a disappointment after coming in free agency and he's obviously getting on so he might just be pass at this point but there's just nothing on the defense that goes oh yeah like that's good and Patrick Graham's a solid DC so I don't think they'll collapse into nothingness but it still feels like one that will be like somewhere between like 16 and like 22 like just like below average type of defense and so that's just that's the whole sense of the team like there's you know outside Jacobs and Adams in the offense and Max Crosby in the defense it's just all below average and like jimmy g is probably average so slightly above the level of the team but that's not really it doesn't really feel like it all fits together it all feels like you know we're it's two years in now it's still very much under, under construction but because of the big moves that they've made to get like guys like adams and get jimmy g it doesn't make sense because you know if you're rebuilding why are you getting all these veterans why is this all sticking together and it all feels like it's just going to culminate in another you know mediocre season not bad not great just like you know somewhere in the middle yeah they're, they're just a whole big pile of meh that the the raiders in vegas this is what they are you know they 
build a ridiculous stadium and they try and hype them up, but the team is just a bit crap. Is Jimmy G better than Derek Carr? Maybe, maybe not. Really, who cares? I mean, it's it's like the battle of mid, you know? It's like, it's like at what point do you, you know, you're just cycling through mediocre quarterbacks. Uh, you know, the Devonta Adams thing, he didn't really look like he fitted into the Raiders last year, and now he looks like he fits into them even less. The, are they, you know... Are they trying to do a, a Pats thing? But the Pats thing from five years ago is over. Like the Pats, even the Pats aren't the Pats from five <laughs> years ago. Like it's just, it just, it's, yeah. I, there's no coherence to this. There's no plan. There's no sense that this team is progressing. And they're stuck in much too hard a division to be this average, you know, this this bland and crap. And yeah, other than Max Crosby on the defensive side, there's not, not an awful going on. So I just, they're not really a team to really think about too much because I don't think they're going to impact our lives very often. Um, as time, they might you know sneak a win against the Chiefs because they seem to do that once a year, and they they might look a, a bit interesting for a few weeks somewhere in the middle of the season, but otherwise just gonna they're gonna finish somewhere out close to, but not anywhere really that close to the playoff spots, and just another season in in Vegas land, you know, it's just the, the never ending cycle of drabness that is the, the Vegas Raiders. Yeah, like there's not there's not a ton to add to this. Like I just. A lot of like-for-like like swaps, nothing that gets you overly excited. Um, like, it'd be intriguing to see. It, it definitely looks like he's trying to build towards that old multiple tight end set stuff. Um, so that might be a little bit interesting. But, like, yeah, it, it just doesn't It doesn't feel like they really went anywhere this offseason. If anything, maybe took a step back just because there'll be, you know, people learning new playbooks less than rather than being a year further into a system. So we'll see, I suppose, is all I can say. I can't imagine them doing anything too exciting. I've got them winning seven games. Seven games for me too. They're just meh, which is kind of annoying for a team that's in Vegas, I suppose. You know, I think they could gamble a little bit more, you know? <laughs> yeah, they should be up and down. Like, yeah, six wins for me, they're, they're just not good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, poor Raiders. And finally, on to my Chiefs. Uh, they've brought in offense coordinator Matt Nagy, Joan Taylor, and Donovan Smith. Uh, Wanya Morris, Richie James, Rasheed Rice, Blaine Gabbert, and the defensive side, Charles Onomenehu, uh, Felix Adewuke, Azoma, Brian Coward, BJ Thompson, Clondre Coburn, uh, Drew Tranquil, Mike Edwards, Jamari Connors, Nick Jones, Lamar Jackson. Uh, in the outs, Eric Bieniemy is gone. So is Orlando Brown, Andrew Wiley, Juju Smith-Schuster, Nicole Hardman, Michael Burton. And on the defensive side, Juan Tornhill, Frank Clark, Carlos Dunlap, Kalen Saunders and Brandon Williams. Um yeah, so obviously a good year for the Chiefs last year. They've had to make a couple of adjustments on the offensive line. Uh, so there's still a little bit of confusion in the air as to who's going to play exactly what position there because obviously Brown is out. They then signed uh, Joan Taylor to a large contract, but they might swap him over to the right side and put Donovan Smith on the left-hand side. Um, we'll see how that goes. They've also had a fair whack of turnover on their offensive weapons. So, you know, as I mentioned, a few players gone to chunky contracts, a few maybe questionably chunky contracts out there. Um, so Kadarius Tony is in theory going to be the number one uh, MVS, the backup. And then there's an interesting scrap behind that for a few positions. So there's, there's Sky Moore there who kind of, underwhelmed a bit last year Rashi Rice the rookie uh, they've also got the undrafted chap from last year who redshirted essentially on the practice squad who's been out practicing with them but I suppose in theory the number one is going to be Travis Kelsey anyway 
Pacheco came on strong last year and he's paired mostly probably with McKinnon in the backfield, although they will have CEH there as kind of their third option, although again, underwhelmed. And then the offensive lines, we said, a couple of solid pieces there with Joe Tooney and Creed Humphrey in particular, and then some movement around that. So the offense will be the offense. I'll be intrigued to see what type of wide receivers emerge the most out of it um, to see kind of what happens there. But I do kind of, to a certain extent, just trust in you know, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes to figure it out. And if it means that they play more to the right-hand side instead of the left-hand side whenever they're rolling out, I'm guessing they'll just do that kind of thing. Uh, Philosophy-wise, you'd think there'd be a bigger change with the enemy leaving and Nagy coming back. But I suppose Nagy was in as was a quarterback's coach last year so it's kind of a natural fit back in because the the big one with these offenses is that we never really know how much the offense coordinator does versus how much Andy Reid does uh, and leaving the defense off to to one side because we know that Andy gets involved during the week on that but he definitely doesn't call the defense all that much uh, during games but he sure as hell looks to be calling the offense during games so um, we'll see but there is some question marks over the wide receiver group there um, so we'll have to see if anything kind of emerges out of that the defensive side has kind of quietly become a good bit better over the last couple of years um, so they've got obviously Chris Jones anchoring the front there Carl Aftis got I think six sacks or seven sacks in his rookie season was coming along strong at the back end so that'll be interesting the rookie uh, Felix Aduze Ozoma is going to be fighting for uh, snaps with Charles Menehew there as well the linebacker core uh, Nick Bolton Willie Gay and a few other players in there you know they had a Drew Tranquil Jill Watson a few people like that is is decent the defensive backfield is looking thinner these days because they lost a couple of guys to free agency um i still like legerius need and trent mcduffie in there uh but right so that we'll see like justin reed is meh uh he has one or two splash plays but allows a lot over the top over over behind him and then you've got kind of a fight for the last spot in it um but it's a defense that runs purely on the approach of we just need one or two big stops a game we don't need to be consistent which is kind of what Spagnolo does I suppose um although the problem with that is always that it feels kind of a bit variant space that like it could just go badly one year for them um and there's quite often bits of stretches where it does so we'll see uh there's talk of one or two of the players who are gone possibly coming back I know that um uh Carlos Dunlap was having a chat with the media there last week about uh possibly coming back as well but we'll see like overall it is kind of a in Mahomes we trust approach but like you know there are question marks at wide receiver there are question marks at the alignment of the line but I yeah it's it's a weird experience still to just be going into a season and going still feel pretty good about this team even with all the losses at different places and that but um yeah, we'll see, we'll see. I don't know if we're going to see a vastly different looking system coming out of them. I think we always see some new stuff with Andy Reid every year. And you'd hope that given he'll have two or three receivers who will now be a year into the system and hopefully be able to be used a little bit more, um, like Sky Moore and and, uh, and and the undrafted rookie, that like that might help them out a little bit there but uh it means we might see if a slightly shakier opening couple of weeks as people are trying to figure out who suits what role best in here um and a big glaring one that i've always just kind of said i've said it the last year or two and i think it's still true now as well as i'd like to see a little bit more succession planning coming from them at the tight end position we've kind of got a mix of people noah gray's in there and people like that but you don't really have the 
the heir apparent to kind of blood into the system behind Kelsey, who is getting older and will at some point slow down. Um, like he didn't look to be doing it last year, but that, those kind of things can happen quickly when you're a big bodied guy who takes hits. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, no, like overall, I'm relatively, uh, relatively looking forward to this season. I think it should be exciting. I think the defense will be a bit tastier than people maybe expect coming into it. Uh, and I'm just excited to see kind of what new weird things they dream up to do on the offense following the ring around the rosy one from last year. Um, but yeah, what about you guys? What do you think? Yeah, like like that's a very nuanced, thoughtful analysis of what the Chiefs have done in the roster, but it doesn't really matter because Patrick Mahomes fixes everything. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes make team good. Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid make team real good. And Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey make team win Super Bowl, basically. And everything else doesn't really bloody matter, let's be perfectly frank. Like, this is a team that could, you know, Kadarius Tony, a uh, notorious sick notice their wide receiver one nominally, but it doesn't really fucking matter because, you know, they, they you know, they got rid of the one of the best wide receivers in the league, Tyreek Hill, and both Tyreek Hill had a great season, as we talked about, but Patrick Mahomes had his best, well, one of his best seasons as well at the same time. It's just like, this guy is a colossus bestriding the entire NFL world, and he is effectively the new Tom Brady, except he's Tom Brady in terms of being good at football, but he's also one of the most ridiculously talented quarterbacks in the league in terms of physical gifts, improvisational play, and now has, over the last few years, added in the quote-unquote traditional QB play at the same time, as well as being a threat with his feet uh, when he needs to be. And, like, you know, Patrick Mahomes was winning, you know, key playoff games with, like, one leg and making it look easy. He's just unstoppable, and I think I'm really looking forward to the the quarterback Netflix series just to see more Patrick Mahomes and what makes this guy stink and like you know you're gonna be some kind of fun Kirk Cousins wearing all this change stuff in between but it's all about Patrick Mahomes the NFL is all about Patrick Mahomes this man is undefeatable uh, with Andy Reid there um, outside of those like you know a team like the shit like the like uh, Joe Burrow showing up and giving everything to them um and like, look, there are other aspects that make them good. Like, they have a good offensive line. Like, Creed Humphrey was a great pickup in, in in the draft a few years ago. Joe Tooney has been good for them in the middle. And I think, you know, between Joan Tinner and Donovan Smith, there might be a small drop down in offensive line in terms of the tackles, but I don't think it'll be huge. And on the defense. They've done a really good job of finding young players and making them succeed quite quickly from all levels of the draft. Yes, guys picked early, um, like Carlafas have been pretty solid, or Trent McDuffie has picked really high. But like guys like Sneed have come through the system. Uh, guys like Jalen Watson looked really good in a, as he built into his role from like I think he was like sixth or seventh rounder last year. Nick Bolton was a late round pick. He's now one of the best linebackers in the league. And yes, they, they can be a little bit up and down, and they're not a team designed on defense to like win the game but they don't need to because they have Patrick Mahomes all they need to do is get Patrick Mahomes the ball as often as possible and the best way to do that is either let the other team score too fast or get a sack or a turnover that will get that that drive over quickly and that's what they do and Spags basically looks like he's having the time of his life being able to just run that defense and given most of the other rest of the league is going in a very different direction schematically he's getting a pretty good selection of players who are more suited to this type of scheme in free agency to kind of fill in the gaps as they come around and obviously with Chris Jones there you have a guy who seems to be getting better every year um he's you know we saw him being scheme um diverse last year playing as a defensive end playing as a defensive tackle and succeeding wherever off with his explosive get off so yeah like look 
you know, I could have just said Patrick Mahomes, and I was tempted to just say it. But, <laughs> you know, there are good things about the team behind side Patrick Mahomes. But when you have Patrick Mahomes, it's like having Peyton Manning. It's like having Tom Brady. You're just a favorite in the NFL as long as this guy is healthy. And I don't even mean like, like unless he's literally out. If he can play football, he is good at football, even with half a leg. He's someone who's going to be you got to be frightened of. Yeah, it's probably worth flagging as well. Chris Jones is currently in discussions with the team about an extension as well, so we'll have to kind of track how that goes if there's any uh, complications. But yeah, um, uh, that's one of those ones that will continue to be kind of annoying. But they'll give him his money if he really needs it. Yeah, you'd, you'd hope you'd hope so, yeah. but we'll see. Uh, so yeah, just just for for any of the any of the fantasy heads out there, my uh, my, my my little sneaky might go undrafted one to look at would be Justin Ross, J U S T Y N. So he was, I think he had a. He had to have back surgery, so they got him as an undrafted free agent last year, and apparently he was electric. But uh, but yeah, so post back surgery, he's buried on the depth chart. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see him fly up there. I think Richie James has a little bit of upside, but like it doesn't really matter because like any given week, as we saw last year, it'll probably be a completely different guy. That's yeah. that's just the next level of Patrick Mahomes. It's, Great to watch, infuriating to have on your fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sean also has thoughts beyond Patrick Mahomes. I uh, well, yeah, not a tremendous amount to add because I mean, I think I think that, that the essence of it has been captured. The big question with the Chiefs, I guess, the the one variable unaccounted for is the post Eric Bieniemy era. But as you said, I mean, it's not always that easy to know how much he contributed versus Andy Reid. I mean, and this is a team that has overcome, at least on, on the offensive side, has overcome the challenges that they faced in the past. There was the teams figured out how to play against Tyreek Hill, so they changed the way they passed to Tyreek Hill, and then they, they, they won a bunch of games. Tyreek Hill went away, so they, they you know found a way to make other wide receivers work. They entirely changed the system, and they still won a Super Bowl. So, I mean, it's difficult to see as long as Mahomes is under center, how this team is going to really be stopped from being a contender. The defense, I mean, it it's unspectacular. It's up and down. It has its moments, but it's not consistent. But they they don't really need to have a consistent defense because they can. They have a team on the offensive side that's capable of scoring 40 points if needs be, or it's capable of scoring in 13 seconds if that's what the, the game requires. So it, it's hard to bet against the Chiefs. I mean, the only thing maybe is that they do tend to have a, one Super Bowl winning year and then a year that's slightly less good. And maybe this is the down, the comparative down year to just come back and win it in two years' time. I mean, I guess, I mean, variance is a thing. I mean, you know, some years are just not going to be as good as other years. And I think I ended up with them just the way that the, the results worked out that I ended up giving them a, a less good re, uh, record than you guys did. I do think largely that's just a function of, you know, they well, they have a tough schedule because they, you know, the, the, the number one, the, the winning team in every division ends always ends up with a tough schedule. Um, so, but... Honestly, I would not be surprised to see them win. It's the same every year. They, if they, they've always got at least a 40% chance of winning the Super Bowl, um, which in a 32-team league is a pretty damn strong <laughs> place um, to be. They'll win, they'll win every other year, or they'll win, they'll win four out of every 10 Super Bowls, I would like, say, like, going like forward. The, the variance is a thing, but since Pat Mahomes can start her, lost conference round, won Super Bowl, lost Super Bowl, lost conference round, won Super Bowl. That's like... Tom Brady, New England pomp. It's not that much but variance. Let's be. That's frank. my point. Is the, var- the variance is the variance is not winning the Super Bowl. It's like, you know, how many years where they don't win the Super Bowl? 
uh, and the only thing I would want to add to the Biennemi thing is that if Matt Nagy gets another head coaching job within the next two years, fuck you, NFL. Yeah, you. It's, a, it's pretty pretty glaringly obvious at that point what was going on. Um, but yeah, no, so it'll be, it'll be exciting. So I've got them go 14-3 and three and winning the Super Bowl. I have them going 13-4, getting the one seed, but only making it to the conference round. So a down year, as Sean would say. I I have eleven and six, uh, which is only good enough for the fourth seed, and I have them being being caught in the divisional round. But I think I'm not quite sure. Is it the Bengals? Heresy. Or, uh, <laughs> when will you people learn? I'm gonna email. I, I, I I'm gonna doubting. email this to Patrick Mahomes so he can have a little oh, bit no, of no, bulletin bang- board I material. Lose, I think they lose to the Bengals in the divisional round because the Bengals <laughs> like, are the one team that can catch yeah. them in the playoffs. Yeah. Like we want, we want to be interesting, right? We don't want to just. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because I was actually trying to uh, try to not have them do it, and then I was like, nah, no, I'm just, I'm just gonna pick them. <laughs> um, Man, it feels good. Yeah. I was so, I was, I was so close to having uh, a very exciting uh, Super Bowl matchup as well, because I was, I was a hair's breadth away from just going. Do you know what? The fucking the Jags take on the Lions in the Super Bowl. Uh, would have been would have been incredible. But, uh, so who who's going to be playing? Uh, who do they pick up to to help them win the divisional round this year? Uh, when Patrick Holmes misses the second half or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who's the backup QB? We've we've, we've picked one up this year, didn't we? We've got. Um, yeah. do, 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 we've added Gabbard? Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert. There you go. Yeah. He certainly fits the profile of guy you wouldn't expect to be winning a divisional round. Yeah. But, uh, like I said, I really wish it was Gardner Minshew. I think that would have been great. But, uh, <laughs> oh, well. Too much personality. He's got too much personality for a backup quarterback. Maybe. Maybe. Um, but, yeah. No exciting stuff. And, yeah, you mentioned it there, actually. That's coming out. Uh, is it the 12th of July? The yeah, quarterback uh, oh, documentary no, is, is coming out. So, very exciting. Um, yeah. And fun times, fun times. Heresy, Sean. Heresy. Um, <laughs> no, uh, it's like picking I, like Tom to Brady words, to yes. not make the conference trend. Like, yeah, true, true, true. Well, you can pick Tom Brady to not, to not make it this year. Maybe that's what we'll do. Maybe we'll pick up Tom Brady to be his backup. No, but then he'll be too strong. He'll learn all the Tom Brady tricks. It'll be yeah. like, oh no! <laughs> and Tom and Tom would inevitably get his his eighth ring. Would it be at that point? Yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. if I if I if I become part of the process, then he can never truly beat my records because all of his records will be caused by me. Technically, <laughs> mm. that is a that is a clever girl. Yeah, that's. It also sounds like a Tom Brady way of thinking about it. As well. <laughs> Very I live good. on through this harm. Excellent. So I believe next week we're moving over to the NFC and we're going to be hopping into the NFC East. So uh, uh, big hype time. Big hype time. That's going to be uh, it's going to be an exciting one altogether. Uh, but yeah, I suppose that'll wrap us up for this week. Any plans for the weekend ahead, lads? Uh, I imagine just house moving stuff. Uh, we're getting rid of. We're getting good at getting rid of things. Um, is, is the big thing at the moment. Surprisingly, how many things you realize you don't need when you, the alternative is carrying them to Waterford with you. <laughs> yeah, could be uh, kind of kind of an easy way to, to 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 your 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 dump pile gets quite large or your giveaway mm-hmm. pile gets quite large. Um, what about yourself, uh, Fitz? Yeah, still mostly uh, work focused, but mm. uh, yeah, other than that. Uh, Grant. Yeah, no, I think yeah, we're not enough sports this summer. Mm. Shocking. Ah, well, sure. Look, yeah. why can't they put the Rugby World Cup in the summer like a real <laughs> sports? 
I actually don't know. Is it just a heat thing because it's in France, or or is it running no, counter always, to like a? It's s- always in September. For I some think reason. it's a snob thing. It's we don't play rugby in the summer, you fools. That's where you football uh, people play. Uh, <laughs> oh. that's, that, that's that's when we summer in our summer. Summer houses. is for cricket, and mm. yeah. That sounds. Uh, that sounds. Yeah, it's probably life. it's probably got something to do with the south, south southern hemisphere calendar. But, I was gonna so. say I'm guessing it's actually something to do with that, but yeah. Uh, fair enough. Sure, look, that'll wrap us up for this week. So, uh, thanks for listening. It's uh, bye from myself, bye from Roman. Bye. Bye from Sean. Bye. It's been all four quarters. Thanks for listening. We'll chat to you next week. <laughs> <laughs>